Good Gabs, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. This is Steve McBride with Good Gab. Thank you, uh, Annie Murphy, Executive Director of the Spokane Regional Domestic Violence Coalition, for joining us today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm Excellent. Good. Yeah, we're doing here at the Spokane Library, the new yep. facility. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What are, what are you getting into these days? Sure. So I'm the executive director for the Spokane Regional Domestic Violence Coalition, or the End the Violence Coalition. And you've hopefully seen our billboards around town, heard our radio messaging, seen a commercial or two. Um, so we really focus on prevention, education, and awareness, um, and then providing some programmatic supports across the Spokane region. Yeah, well, I saw like about a year and a half ago, you launched, you know, this big campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the billboards. Great. Um, I haven't heard uh, the messages on the radio, but I'll listen to it very often. But okay. how's it going? Yeah, it's huh. going great. So actually, the documentary itself, which is on our website, www.endtheviolencespokane.org, launched um, September of 2019. So it's going to be our four-year anniversary, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, and so the documentary launched, and with that, the End the Violence campaign came out. And so we've been slowly building and progressing with that campaign. And we have some new messaging um, that will be coming out this October um, as well. So excited for people to see that. Yeah, and your your organization is a like what I've read is a group of over 30 organizations. Is that correct? It's even bigger than that yeah. now. So it was, so my board is made up of 25 organizations. So um, whether it's victim service agencies, schools, law enforcement, uh, people from the courts, um, all working to address domestic violence and child abuse in our region, um, whether that's for young people, adults, or even um, our aging population or those that are living with disabilities. Um, so really trying to be inclusive of all people. And then inside of that, um, we have a monthly coalition meeting where we just say, hey, anyone who's invested in this work, whether you're working in more of a homelessness focused uh, work, you know, school based, come to the table, let's talk about this. Um, and so that general meeting, we now have probably about 60 organizations that are represented. Wow. So, you know, people come in and out as they're able to, but we really um, think this is everyone's issue you really have built quite the coalition yeah what does a meeting like that look like we love like, it that many people in one room yep like mm. what do you talk about what are you trying to move the needle on sure so covid as horrible and stressful as it was also did some things for us in that the online zoom capabilities have been helping us at times because we can bring all these different providers and different invested people in one format so whether we're in person or zoom we still have pretty consistent membership around 45 people so we have an agenda we rock through our agenda um, we try to get people that are um, either experts in our community, in our state, or across the country to come in and do a little presentation about some new information that's happening. Um, we're always looking at data. Um, we're talking about the experiences of people here in our community. Um, so really just trying to be as connected as possible around this issue. So what's the role of like organizations like mine, you know, at Skillskin, like how do we get involved with yeah, you know, your organization? That's a great question. So actually here in the next couple months, we are launching our business toolkit. 
which was um, a project that's funded by Providence Healthcare. Um, and it is about training employers and businesses how to recognize domestic violence in the workplace and then support people, whether they are victims or, um, or using abusive behaviors in their relationships, and then how you as an employer or a manager can actually support your staff. Incredible. Yeah. So this is this is coming soon. This is coming soon. Yeah. So we've been working on it for over a year and a half. I'm super excited. We're partnering with YWCA Spokane around it. Um, and it'll be in-person options, online options, whatever is going to work best for that business. But we want to hit large businesses, small businesses, right? Whether it's, you know, healthcare sector, whether it's restaurant industry, organizations like you, other nonprofits. Um, we want everyone to be having this conversation and then providing resources in the workplace. You know, I think that this is such a widespread issue in various forms. One out of three women, one out of 10 men in the Spokane region experience violence. And so it's a conversation we need to be having. Yeah. Those are big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. One in three women in the Sp in Spokane County. Yeah. And one in 10 men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then when you look at the child abuse, um, when you overlay that issue, right, we have um, approximately over 4,000 um, cases of child abuse of individuals that have experienced child abuse um, every year in our community as well. So. Yeah. It's, uh, compared to the nation, I mean, those numbers are surprising to me. That is, they're big. Yeah. Is where are we at compar comparatively? Um, I don't have the national stats right now off the top of my head, but there is some stats that have compared us across the state and um, as it's reported per capita, and we are right right near the top, which is unfortunate information. So we really want to say, like I mentioned, you know, this is everyone's issue. We need to yeah. be talking about this. Um, you need to talk about it in your workplace. You need to talk about it with your friends and family. You need to talk about it with your kiddos, right? So we really also um, support prevention. So going out to schools and presenting to kids or youth groups, um, working with teachers, um, working with law enforcement who may interact with these families earlier, um, and just educating kids on, hey, what do healthy relationships look like? What does consent look like? What does good communication skills. How do we do that? You know, so we're fortunate. We have a lot of great partners in the community um, who are also invested in this type of work, but yeah, it's a big issue. Well, yeah. Education seems to be like extremely important element and yeah. Letting people understand, you know, what a big issue we do have and yeah, the resources that are available. I know early in my career, I remember having one of my coworkers, you know, come to work and, um, she obviously had an issue. There was domestic violence at home. I didn't really know what to do. Right. And that was here in Spokane. I mean, I was supportive. Right. And, you know, we talked about things, but I didn't have any resources that I knew about. And Yep. What do people do in those moments now? Yes. So what we've done is we have tried to make our website, and we're actually launching an updated website next month as well. We have a lot of things happening. October's DV uh, Awareness Month. So our new website will be live, but even currently on our website and theviolencespokane.org, you can go there, and there's different um, pages you can look through. So it's happening to me. And then look at what those resources are if you're experiencing violence currently. Um, it's happening to someone I know and some tips and tools about how you can support people. Um, and then just, I want to get involved. Like, how do I get behind this issue in our community? Well, I am so excited for this to get rolled out. And I know you'll definitely have skill skin support and, you know, the businesses that we work with, we'll just keep uh, helping, you know, 
this awareness campaign. Yeah, um, awesome. One thing that you can do next um, in the month of October. So we are doing Purple for a Purpose. It's our second year. We're partnering with Stop the Silence, which is another domestic violence nonprofit. Here in Spokane? Here in Spokane, yep. So we last year had 50 restaurants, bars, coffee shops that participated. We have an ambitious goal of 250 this year. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so if you go to purpleforapurpose.com, you can check out all the participating restaurants and locations. Um, but as of right now, we have places like Indigenous Eats. We have an axe throwing place. There's a tattoo parlor. You can all go right. get a tattoo if you wanted. Um, there's something for everybody. Yeah. There's something for everyone. Um, we also have some of our longstanding um, participants. Um, Dryfly has been a great partner of ours, right? So just different um, organizations in town that are going to either feature a purple drink for the month, um, some other um, special feature item on their menu, um, or some sort of discount like the Axe Throwing is doing a purple wall. So just kind of fun stuff that we can get out, get awareness, um, do some a little bit of fundraising and increase the awareness around this issue. So I invite everyone who's listening, check out Purple for a Purpose, go find one of the participating locations um, and help support us. Well, yeah, you heard it right here. Come on, folks, let's get out there and yeah. help. Well, I know our listeners were very interested in the people that come and, and talk on this podcast. You know, can you tell us a little bit about you, Annie? Like sure. your journey to Spokane and Oh, yeah. sure. Okay. Tell us more. Uh, tell us more. Um, I grew up in Prosser, so small okay. farming community. Um, I lived in Montana, went to school in Montana. Um, but we really feel like Spokane is home. I love the Spokane community. I love the connections that happen here. Um, and I just feel like our community is really primed for positive change right now, right? There's a lot of hardships happening to people, but there's also a lot of great strengths in our community. Um, and so that really motivates me to network and connect and partner and say, hey, how can we do things differently and in better ways? So that's kind of what drives me. I love system change work. Um, I'm a social worker. So looking at how systems interact with each other is something that I enjoy doing. How how long have you been here in Spokane then? Um, I have been here since about '06. Okay, so it's starting to feel like home. Oh, yeah, like, this is it. This is the spot. All right. Yep, love it. Yeah, it's an incredible community. I'm uh, feel fortunate to be a part of it. But then we hear about you know we have got some major issues and yeah. stuff that you know we can address. Absolutely. So what are some of the things you're most? You said uh, you know Spokane has. A lot of uh, the ability to kind of like move things and, mm -hmm. and change. Like, what do you tell us more about that? Like, what are you excited for on that? Yeah, um, I think that there's some really great conversations happening um, across sectors. So, with the healthcare sector, with schools, um, with you know, law enforcement and even parts of our courts with nonprofits of saying, hey, this is our community. We all care. We're all invested. Um, and even with the idea of like children and how do we get upstream and support kids earlier, like Anovia has a cool campaign going on, you know, around um, getting kids to college, you know, just some different things like that. And then in my world, recognizing that um, the risk factors that kids face early and then um, affect us into adults. So like suicide, mental health, domestic violence, substance use, they're all interrelated. So we all should be working together towards the common goal and then building those protective factors, right? So how do we support healthy communication? How do we make sure every family has their basic needs met? You know, like I love some of the stuff that's come out of COVID that started here with our local legislators around um, free lunches for kids, right. right? That's really important. Kids need that. Um, and so I think just continuing to move in that direction and, 
you know, I think the homelessness issue obviously is an issue in our community. And then for those of us that are involved in, you know, domestic violence and family trauma work, we're saying, hey, a lot of those people have had these experiences as young people in their lives, whether they were involved in the foster care system, um, they experienced child abuse or domestic violence inside of their home. So if we can do good work on the back end earlier, right, how can we help all of these adults to thrive in our community? Yeah, so the intersectionality there between homelessness, violence. Yep. Um, I just learned about ACEs scores not too yes. long ago, maybe about a year and a half ago. And yes. My mind was blown. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, these this can actually, you know, affect people, you know, yes. for long haul. Yeah, so ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences, um, came out of a study done by Kaiser down in California. And so they started recognizing that there was all of these people that had these long-term health outcomes, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and said, what were the early experiences of these people, right? And so did this study and found that things like witnessing a parent be abused, divorce, uh, mental health of a parent, um, incarceration of a parent, um, death in a family, right? All of these experiences actually can affect us, not only our trajectory in life and our success in our careers and possible criminal justice involvement, but also our health outcomes, which is fascinating, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. So that's, I mean, so this is an example, right, of how if we can be interconnected early on these life experiences with kiddos, how can we all thrive as adults? Um, and so um, we're excited right now. We're also working on a project with Women Helping Women and their um, 2.0 report that they're working on updating for the state of women and children and adding in a focused DV and family trauma um, data point lens in there so that we can say, hey, what are the ACEs experiences of our women and children in our community? Um, and then for us and our organization, um, with our campaign, looking towards moving our campaign towards a really positive social norms lens where we say, hey, let's normalize all this positive things because there's a lot of good happening uh -huh. in our community, right? All this good stuff, let's build that up and then hopefully we can see some of these negative outcomes decrease. So it's a big project, right? Like it's a slow lens, a, you know, sh slow shift of the dial, but I think we can get there. Oh, I believe you. And you said it, you love system change. Yep. This is what, what you know, if this is what drives you, I'm, I'm grateful that you're in your position. Because, yeah, we need some change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, you know, what what's inspiring you right now? Mm, I think some of the data work, like I mentioned right now, is pretty inspiring and getting more people talking and, you know, kind of swimming in the same direction is exciting for our community. Um I mean, I think it's, you know, the new school year is always a great opportunity. It's like that refresh, summer's over, fall's starting. Like, how do we really all dig into the work? I feel like a lot of people in Spokane, we like to enjoy our summers. We go to the right. lake. We go, you know, get outside in the sunshine and the warmth. And it's like, all right, now it's time to get down to business. So we have the new legislative session coming up. You know, there's just a lot of um, forward momentum right now, I think. How does your organization get involved in the legislative process? So we try to meet with our local representatives um, and just make sure that they're hearing kind of, hey, this is what's going on. Meet with our county commissioners. Um, they've been really receptive to meeting with us. So um, the mayor's office, whatever it may be, and saying, hey, here's the experiences of people in our community. And then also trying to bring solutions, right? Like it's um, obviously the facts are the facts, the data is the data, but also saying, hey, there's things we can do to improve the situation for people. You have mentioned a few different things of, you know, how to improve. Maybe, could you expand on some of it? I know our listeners might 
really like to know more? Sure. So one of the things that we're working on for the upcoming legislative session, and it's already happening in our community, is the Handle with Care Initiative. So um, it's a program that came out of West Virginia, and we started it with our health district here locally. So when first responders, and right now we're only doing law enforcement, but the goal is fire and EMS, um, because they sometimes respond to different things. Totally. So yeah, so when first responders respond to a call, and they identify children that have witnessed a traumatic event, um, sending a um, notification to the school so that the school counselors, right, social workers, nurses can know, hey, something happened with this kiddo. So working towards that ACEs kind of notification and then finding that hope and resiliency. So um, really trying to get kids and young people and young adults support earlier. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I think about it too. Yeah, if someone had a traumatic event, like, what if the next day they're going to school and like they really have an issue? It's an outburst. If uh, the schools don't know, shoot, they're you know expelled or you know sent sure. to the office. Like, more trauma, right? More trauma, yeah. absolutely. And your needs aren't met that way, right? So if your home is unsafe or there's trauma that happened inside of that system, you go to school looking for maybe some security and support. And then the response is, we're going to send you back to that environment. Not intentionally, perhaps, right? But that is kind of one of those outcomes. Um, absolutely, looking at the behavioral responses that come out of trauma. We know that, you know, we see kids, especially young kiddos, acting out, throwing temper tantrums, those sort of things where it could be disciplined or it could be, hey, something's going on. Let's try this a different way. Yeah, more, uh, more awareness. Yes, there was an incident here locally a while ago that happened with like a fire. So house fire, you know, kid loses stuff. Kid comes to school next day. The, the school's already got all these things together for this kiddo because they know, hey, something happened. This kid needs some support. So how do we get your basic needs? Do you have food? Do you have clothing? Right? Do you have a safe place to stay? Some of it's those simple things that we as people and that human connection um, could improve on, I think. And have such a powerful outcome over time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we're excited about that work. Huh. So um, it's happening across Spokane County. Um, we helped Yakima launch their program during COVID. And then there's a few other sites around the state that are also doing it. Um, and we also have looked to states like Colorado, Nevada, New Jersey that have gone statewide. So that's our goal. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait uh, for yeah our listeners to help with this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, you know, whether it's big, you know, big policy, small policy, uh, meeting with people. I mean, we really just try to fill in some of that space that um, there's great people doing great individual work in our community. But then to say, how do we really change the system? You know, if you had a magic wand, what would that look like for you personally? How would we change some of these things? You know, we have something inside of our organization of our nonprofit and our vision statement about every every child, every person living in a safe home. And I think that would be pretty amazing if we could get to that place. Agreed. Uh, some of my work, um, volunteer work, is in you know low-income housing world. And I know I have a personal belief that just having a home <laughs> should be, you know, a goal. And then, yeah, that safety that you're describing. Yep. Sounds pretty healthy to me. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. Well, anything else that, uh, yeah, you think that uh, our listeners might need to know about your organization or, yeah, what's happening? No, I think that's a pretty good rundown in nutshell. I mean, I just... Um, 
you know, visit our website if you're interested in getting involved. There's ways to get connected with us and see what you can do. Um, you know, we love building our network and partnering with other organizations. That's important work to us. And um, the power of relationship, I think, is pretty amazing. So, yeah, get a hold of us. Well, we're ready for to see that toolkit roll out. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, any parting thoughts today? Just thank you for having us. And, you know, I always like excited to partner with your organization in the future and do work together. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, Annie. We appreciate you. And we look forward to seeing what you're doing in the future. Thank you so much. All right. Are there any uh, like phone numbers? So um, the point in time survey that the city of Spokane does, not the most recent one, but the year prior, the top two reasons why people um, identified that they were homeless was related to domestic violence and child abuse. So that's really? fascinating data. Yeah, because we hear about drugs. We hear about, you know, mental health. Yes. We don't hear about child abuse. We don't hear about child abuse. We don't hear about family trauma. But these issues are all interrelated, right? Um, substance use is common inside of domestic violence relationship. One, because some people do get violent when they use. But also there's people that cope. They cope with the trauma in their families by using substances. Um, we don't like to talk about that. But if no one's taught you healthy coping skills, yeah. that's a really easy and really accessible way to deal with your problems. And COVID didn't do us any favors in that, right? Like we could still purchase alcohol and all of our marijuana stores stayed open. And we saw the numbers of sales increase dramatically. If you haven't seen that data, that's also interesting, like thousands and thousands of dollars of an increase during COVID. So it's like we have all these people now that are coming out of COVID that have been experiencing trauma inside of their household, using substances, the isolation, the increased mental health needs, the lack of access to mental health care in our community is also a huge issue. I sit on the mayor's mental health task force, right? The mental health providers in our community are saying, this is a problem. We can't get people in in a timely way. We don't have enough providers. We have a right. workforce shortage, right? Um, so again, this issue is so multifaceted. Um, so I think that's really important that we talk about that and note that. And, you know, I worked... Um, Previously, I worked for Spokane County Juvenile Court, and so homeless youth would come in through our doors, and they're like, home's not a safe place for me. So living on the street feels like a better option, you know? So you have young teens that are making that decision because of the violence in their homes. And so when you start out in that lifestyle at such an early age, um, and you learn to navigate that system, then that may be what ends up working for you into totally. adulthood. It's what you know. It's what you yeah. know. Yeah, I don't think we could be surprised, uh, you know, that wouldn't be like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's talk about what happens, you know, when someone is experiencing, you know, domestic violence, and maybe we hear about it in the workplace or through our friends. Like, what do we what do we do? Sure. So we always drive people back to our website and thevioleinspokane.org because we've done focused information there. So whether you're someone experiencing domestic violence and then you see the resources, um, YWCA Spokane serves intimate partner relationships. So that's like myself and, you know, a husband or a boyfriend, um, whether it's Lutheran community services, and that would be for cases of sexual assault, elder abuse, and non-intimate partners. So maybe it's violence inside of, um, like a family unit, like, a, um, like a mom and a child, for example. Okay. Um, or maybe a, a roommate? A roommate. It could be we've had grandparent cases. Um, 
it could also be um, that maybe you identify as a non-English speaker. So we have Mujeres in Action, who supports the Latinx community um, and bilingual services. Um, so we have a few different options in our community. Um, we have people reach out to us for services. So sometimes we'll try to support them and then refer them on where the best fit can be. Um, and then, you know, there's lots of different resources again, cause it looks different for every person. So whether they need to get a protection order, whether they are trying to navigate the court system, maybe they just want to know like, Hey, are there some parenting classes available? You know, like there's something lots as of simple as that can help. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Communication skills, coping skills, right? All of these things. How do we handle difficult situations in our families? Um, so um, check out our website or, yeah, you can always call the Y, call Lutheran, call Mia um, and see if one of those organizations can help you. Annie, thank you. Yeah. Seriously, thank you. <laughs>